Hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail. And welcome to Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined, our award-winning weekly podcast. Please visit womenover70.com. Consider membership in Aging Reimagined Circle and or become a sponsor. And mark your calendar now to attend our first symposium in the Chicago area on October 19, 2024. Please join us in continuing to inspire women to age with curiosity, creativity, and courage. And today we are delighted to be in conversation with Joan Price. She's an, our, one of our advocates for women aging. Joan Price, author, speaker, advocate for ageless sexuality. She's been leading the sex revolution for seniors for nearly 20 years. She talks out loud about redefining what brings us sexual pleasure, partnered or solo, as we age. Joan's key message, sexual pleasures have no expiration date. And through her books, webinars, presentations, newsletters, blogs, and instructional film, Joan speaks to us as sexual beings about being sexual beings in a manner that one reviewer described as real, honest, inspirational, and audacious. So listen to these titles. Better than I ever expected, straight talk about sex after 60. Naked at our age. Talking out loud about senior sex. The ultimate guide to sex after 50. How to maintain or regain a spicy, satisfying sex life. And her newest book, Sex After Grief, is navigating your sexuality after losing your beloved. And then a very recent blog post is Solo Sex for Seniors that was, came out in January of 2024. I just want you to notice Joan's choice of terms, satisfying, spicy, solo, and talking about sex and sexuality in our later years. So welcome, Joan. Oh, thank you. Women over <laughs> 70. And uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you for that. I'm so excited because you gave me such a wonderful introduction. And <clears throat> thank you for your work, Gail and Catherine, in being as audacious as I am. I love the word, and uh, I think that describes all three of us. I love the word too. Well, let's uh, let's for those who who don't know you, just um, just give us a brief backstory about how you came to be. This is a well-known expert on sex and sexuality among older adults. It, it was a long road, actually, because I was a high school English teacher for 22 years. And then I was a health and fitness writer and speaker for, I'm not sure how long, but a, a long time also. And then when I was 57, which seems to me a, like a youth at this point, from the vantage point of 80 now, but I thought I was old at that point, I met a man who was 64 and we had the most amazing love affair and then marriage for seven years until I lost him to cancer. But what happened during that time is I discovered that all of this, those stereotypes about old people having sex and um, you know being ludicrous or stupid or, or, or didn't happen at all, uh, that was all fake. Those were all myths when actually we're capable of amazing pleasure and giving each other pleasure, receiving pleasure. 
um, as as wonderful as any sex had been, not the same as younger age sex, but wonderful in its own right. And because this was such a, an amazing <laughs> discovery for me, and I was already a writer, uh, when I said, why aren't there any books about this? Robert said to me, well, you're the writer, write your own. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be one book. And as as you just so graciously said, um, it's been many more than that. It's been a, a new career for the last 20 years, and I'm not stopping yet. Because why would I? What's more fun than talking about sex and aging? I agree. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Me too. Um, two of your books, of the many books, and your recent blog, I think, are especially relevant to our audience, mostly women over 70 and older. And I wanted to um, start with just uh, having you tell us about Naked at Our Age, talking out loud about senior sex, mm-hmm. and why, you know, what inhibits us, older women, from claiming our sexual selves. Thank you. Naked at Our Age is my um, best-known book and my most award-winning book, and I'm so honored for that. What I did with Naked at Our Age is I gathered 125 questions and stories from people who were over 50, 60, and beyond, talking about their sex lives, asking their questions, explaining their problems and challenges, And I had 45 experts, all in different fields, answering their questions with my running commentary. Um, When I thought of the idea before I'd written it, I thought, I can't believe this book doesn't already exist, because who wouldn't want to read that? People's real stories Mm -hmm. and experts' real answers. Um, But it hadn't been written, so I wrote it, and, and it's still selling fairly well, and you can order it from my website. Um, I love that book because it it acknowledges that we all have different sexual challenges. We don't get out of this scot-free. We don't say, well, okay, our bodies aren't 20, but our responses are. No, they're not. No, our responses change. Our physical challenges change. Uh, our arousal changes, our ability to reach orgasm changes, all of this. And if we meet those challenges, not as roadblocks, Mm -hmm. but as different paths, say, oh, okay, there seems to be a gate up here. Well, there are some things I can do. I can either get the key to unlocking the gate and go through, which means educating myself, I can go around and find a different way of doing things, take a different path, and I don't have to worry about the lock on the gate. That's cool. But what I don't have to do is say, oh, that's too bad. I better turn around and go home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you you, you just started to, to talk about it, but about redefining what sex and pleasure mean, might mean to us as we age. And um, not to hold ourselves to that so so called standard of our youth. Yes. And um, and so, what can you say about how how to help women um, kind of change their mindsets or be be primed to 
um, and enjoy their sexual selves? There are so many answers to that question, but there are two that I think are the most important that aren't things that people come to naturally. They don't just go, oh, yeah, I, I understand this from their own experience. Um, one is desire, to learn what responsive desire is rather than spontaneous, and I'll, I'll go into that. The other, which I want to go into first, is that sex at our age doesn't have to look like it used to. For many of us, uh, penetrative sex, penis and vagina intercourse, which we sex educators ab abbreviate as PIV, that doesn't have to be the goal. That may not be the road to pleasure or the road to the most pleasure, or the road to the most comfortable pleasure. There are many women over 70 who find that their vaginas are not as welcoming to penetrative sex as they used to be. Or they may realize, you know, that's never the way that I reached orgasm anyway. So why are we aiming to do this thing that isn't the way we reach pleasure especially when my partner might have problems if, if it is a heterosexual relationship, which I am not assuming. But if it happens to be, if my partner with a penis does not get erections easily or maintain them enough for intercourse, or let's say that isn't his path to pleasure either. Because as we age, we need, we need more stimulation. We need the kind of stimulation that fingers and sex toys and mouths give more easily than PIB. And this is something that our non-straight friends have known all along. They're going, well, I don't know why you just think sex is one thing. We know it's lots of things. So, um, and and it's a kind of thing where they will laugh and say, well, geez, why did it take you so long to get here? Because people are not talking about it. No. That's right. That's right. And because we're taught in an early age that this is what sex is. First, we're frightened into thinking if you're our age, you're frightened into thinking you better never do this. But at a magical moment, once you're married, it's, it'll be fine and you'll love it. Right, right. What it is, but but that's probably a whole other topic. Right. So talk about. Um, you mentioned sex toys. You mentioned um, st stimulation ways, other ways to stimulate. Yes. Sorry. Why don't you say a little bit about about sex toys and um, what's the benefit? What the advantages? Yes. There there are two things that sex toys do for us. And I want anyone who's going, la, 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 I've never used sex toy, never will, stop talking. Just just listen. Just give me give me a few minutes, just minutes, and then you don't have to go along with it if you don't want to. But what sex toys do is they help bring blood flow to the genitals, which is something that is difficult to access naturally anymore. And they also give us the kind of stimulation that we can't really get any way else, any other way. They give us a very intense stimulation exactly where we need it. We can put 
a favorite vibrator directly on the clitoris, and oh boy. And as I say, and, and here I have the lucky job, one of the things that I do at JoanPrice.com is I review sex toys from a senior perspective. I've been doing that for maybe a dozen years. I've sort of lost track on how long. But uh, it, it's, you know, tough job if someone's got to do it, right? Uh, and I actually review hands-on, sex toy on, how these things work for aging genitals. Um, one of the things I say is sometimes a well-chosen, well-placed vibrator can be the difference between an orgasm and no orgasm. It's sometimes that simple. Mm -hmm. I, I think I took you, you were going to say something about um, desire. Correct. And arousal yeah. and responsive. And yeah, so let's go back. Yeah. Um, this is a concept. This isn't anything I originated. I think Emily Nagoski in her book, Come As You Are, explained it most clearly. And that's a wonderful book for women at any age, but especially at our age, to understand really how desire works, how you can put it, put your put on the accelerator and, and take your foot off the brakes. She explains that so well. But one of the things she talks about is the difference between spontaneous desire and um, and responsive desire. And I would explain it this way. Spontaneous desire is hormone-driven. It's that automatic, ooh, I am so in the mood, I want sex so badly, I choose you, let's do it. And that, uh, even if we're in love with our partner, that just doesn't happen anymore. That was hormones. Our hormones are, are half asleep these days. <laughs> but that's not the reason we have sex now. We can have very spicy, satisfying sex without it being a matter of hormonal urgency. Responsive desire means that if we trust our partner, if we enjoy sex once we get going, and we decide, I'm just going to plan a time that I'm going to be really relaxed about sex, whether it's solo or partnered, solo sex is real sex, and I'm going to relax, do the things that help get me in the mood, not wait till I'm in the mood to start. Just say, this is going to be my sex date with myself or with my partner. And then I will do the things that pleasure me. I will allow the pleasure, the physiological pleasure to start happening. That will put me in the mood. So in other words, instead of mood and desire happening and, okay, I'll have sex now, I say, I will open myself to the pleasures of sex now, trusting that the desire will kick in in response to the pleasure. That's what responsive desire is. Does that make sense? Excellent. Great deal of sense. Yes. I love your perspective on solo sex, and I, I would like you to say some more about that. Solo sex is not a, a poor stepsister to real sex. Solo sex is real sex. Solo sex is the way we can pleasure ourselves 
whether or not we have a partner or whether a new sex toy has just arrived in the mail and we're not going to wait for the partner. We're going to figure out how it works for us all on our own. And then we will teach that to our partner if we happen to have one. Um, solo sex is the sexual pleasure and release, sexual health, keeping our genitals in shape, because the more we stimulate ourselves and get to orgasm, whether on our own or another way, it doesn't even matter. The more we do that, the easier it becomes to do that. Because many people tell me, um, I haven't had sex in 10 years. I don't even know if my, if my equipment works. I tried it and it didn't work. Well, you have to get back in shape. You have to reteach the phys your physiology to work. So be patient with yourself. And if you haven't waited 10 years, don't wait anymore. <laughs> Even if it's been, gee, I broke up with my partner, I lost my partner, or the last time I had a partner was X number of months or years ago. Well, you have the capability to give yourself great sexual pleasure. You don't need anyone else for that. And, and it is really important so that we do keep the blood flow going. It's like a kind of exercise. If you decide, okay, I used to exercise, but the gym I went to closed, and so I'm just never going to move again. Would that make sense? <laughs> so I, I, I also think that sometimes I think that solo sex is only for women who don't have a partner. What, what about women who, who, do, who have a partner and... Um, but still, like so, solo sex. Our, our bodies keep changing. So whether it's a new partner or whether it's a partner you've had for a long time, your responses will continue to change as you age. The best way to understand them is to get in touch with yourself solo and see what continues to work, what's new that work, what you just don't really care for anymore that you used to. And then you're better able to teach your partner. If you, for example, you say, well, you know, I know that used to always get me to orgasm, but it doesn't anymore. Oh, well, shall we just um, watch a movie? Instead, you want to say, but here's what I've discovered about what works for me now. And if you haven't done that, you can at least say to your partner, let's go on a journey of discovery and figure out what works now. It's always a journey, and it is for your partner too. You need to be able to say to your partner of whatever gender, show me what works for you now. Show me what you need. Help me understand. It's really hard for many people, and it used to be hard for me too, to ask for things during sex in the moment. It used to be, I don't know, it just would break the mood or it would stop the whatever groove I was in. I have taught myself to get over that because a partner who wants to pleasure you wants to know how to pleasure you. A partner who thinks they, and I'll just use the 
the plural they as a singular or whatever's they, uh, if they are going on what used to please you and it doesn't anymore, you are doing them as well as yourself a disservice. It's like people who fake orgasm. What does that do? It teaches your partner that what you, what doesn't work, works. What? So your partner will continue to do what doesn't work, thinking it works. Well, it's kind of the same thing. If you let your partner keep going on things that used to work. So if you can get, if you can say before, during, even after for the next time, I know that used to work for me, but this is what works for me better. I need to say, you're not doing anything wrong, but I'm learning that some things work better than others for me now that I didn't even know because they weren't true in the past. So can we explore this? Can we, here's one thing, bring a vibrator into our sex play together? Can you stimulate my breasts or my vagina while I hold this meat, meat, my vibrator, my favorite vibrator, while I hold my vibrator on my clitoris, can you do these other things for me? So we will be having sex. It will be our sex state. This is just a tool. This is like we know we have to use lubricant. Let's also use this vibrator. Speaking of lubricant, you have something on your shelf back here. Oh, my gosh. I am... Uh, I am so fortunate. I was recently uh, invited to be the brand ambassador for, I don't know how well you can see the label, for Wicked Sensual Care, Simply Timeless. This is a, way, a, new, a brand new line of lubricants. Wicked Sensual Care has made wonderful lubricants all along, and probably a lot of your listeners and viewers will, oh, yeah, I already use Wicked Sensual Care. This is a new line, Simply Timeless, that is specifically for women who are going through perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. It's not only an excellent lubricant with all the ingredients we need and none of the ingredients we shouldn't use, but it's also a vaginal moisturizer. So we can use it during sex and we can use it as a vaginal moisturizer at other times. Um, I personally love it and that's why I was invited to be, to, first I was invited to be a tester of this lubricant and said, oh my gosh, you're doing the right thing. Uh, how can I get more? <laughs> can you please get this ready <laughs> so I can I can get more and, and tell people about it? And they said, and they, they tested it for, I don't know, at least a year, maybe two years. I don't even remember when this discussion started, but now it's ready and it, uh, and in my newsletter, if people subscribe to my newsletter, and you can find the link to do that at JoanPrice.com, I'll be talking more about Timeless in the latest issue, which is going out the end of January. I think that's where I discovered it was reading one of your blogs or your newsletter. Or, or It's probably my, my December newsletter. I first introduced it. I wasn't yet an ambassador, and, and now I am. So this is very exciting. Yeah. 
So, Joan, I, there's so much to talk with you about. I do want to, um, in the time we have, to talk about your latest book, Sex After Grief. Thank you. This is um, a very personal story of yours. So, yes. Um, so, talk to us about about grief and how that can affect our our sexuality and our sense of pleasure, desire for pleasure. Well. Grief can affect us in in several ways. I specifically talk in this book, because nothing like this book existed before, about sex and sexual pleasure and dating um, after we've lost our beloved. Mm-hmm. And I specifically wanted to be the one to write that book because, as you know, I lost my great love, Robert. And although I lost him in 2008, and I've been talking and writing about sex ever since, I did not, I was not ready to write this book until 2019. So it's new and it won uh, an amazing award, too. Uh, I'm very proud of it. It is how you get back to your sexuality after the person you want to have sex with is dead. And some people, takes a very long time. It takes years before they feel ready. Some people say, I'll never be ready. Some people are ready right away, often because they've been, they, they, they've been in a caretaking situation with their beloved. And they've been mourning for months or years. And so when the death happens, it's not... It's not a relief. I don't want you to think of it that way, but it is just the end of a particular kind of grief and the beginning of a new one, which is, oh, now I'm on my own. How do I cope? What do I do now? I I don't know. And in the book, I take you through the steps for, first of all, realizing that your timeline is your own. There's no directive. There's no, it should take you to don't get into a relationship for a year. That's, I almost said a word I probably shouldn't say on your podcast, but that's fake. Um, you also don't want to listen to the people who are saying you should be dating by now. You've been, it's been however long it's been. Your timeline is your timeline. But when you feel the stirrings and your body will send those messages to you. For me, it came in a dream. I had a dream, and I was with a stranger, and I was aroused. And then when I woke up, I I was still aroused. And I went, I'm alive. I sat up in bed, and I said, I'm alive. <laughs> it happens to us all in different ways. And I have not only my story in this book, but I have stories from other grievers because we're all different, and I didn't want to make it all about me. You have to do it my way. No, no, no. I did it several ways. I had a hard time getting back to dating. I had a hard time getting back to sex, even though I was a sex educator all this time. And everything I was doing and saying was valid, but I couldn't seem to apply it to myself for a very long time. And so I tried dating, having sex with a, with a previous partner, having sex with a, a new partner, having Um, an erotic massage. I do recommend that. I do. 
and helping people through the stages. And one of the really important things, and I know we're coming to the end, I, I either need to talk faster or stop talking, but is to realize you can get sexual in stages. It isn't going from no sex at all to full on anything goes sex. Take it in stages. If you remember when we were teenagers, we probably didn't go from first date to sex in, in an hour. We took a long time. We kissed. We petted. We got sexual in stages. And we need to discover how to do that again if we're getting back to sex when we're in grief. Should I stop talking? No, no. <laughs> okay, please. <laughs> um, in the book, I give you short chapters and activities to do, and sometimes an expert weighs in too. But the activities, it's like a course. It's like this book is a, a, a course that you can take on your timeline of things to consider and how to talk to people who try to give you the myths about you should be ready already or, oh, no, you shouldn't be dating. You're betraying your partner if you're dating. No, no, you're not. Um, there's so much to talk about. We could do the whole half hour just on this. It's, it's a riddle. It's a pleasure talking with you because, first of all, not not enough people are open and open about yeah. pleasure, and especially around our ages, it just doesn't happen very often. And uh, so it's it's really a pleasure to talk with you, and you're just straightforward about this, which we need. We yeah, need it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you giving me the platform for that because. Yes, I talk out loud about it in a matter-of-fact way. I, I like to joke, this is my day job. I talk about senior sex. Um, but it's it's true that there are so many people who kind of titter about it. to go, <laughs> it's that embarrassing. No, it, it doesn't need to be embarrassing. This is part of who we are. This is the kind of pleasure that we don't age out of. But we need to be open to learning more about it, about learning what works and exploring and knowing what is already written about it. You know, I, I love that you held out my books, Catherine. That was so kind of you. The Ultimate Guide to Sex After 50 is another book that gives you just a lot of the facts. Um, some more, it has more medical information than my other books. Fewer stories, more. Um, medical information. Naked at Our Age has more stories, and I know people can relate to those stories. One of the big messages is, whatever it is you're going through, you're not alone. Whatever your challenge is, you're not alone. So please don't buy into the myths that sex ends at a certain birthday. Mm -hmm. It does not have to end, and if it doesn't work, the way it worked before, it can work in other ways. You don't age out of sexual pleasure. <laughs> so, so important. So, yes, I think we'll have to have you back. I'd love it. <laughs>
I know I hijacked the conversation, didn't allow for many questions because you asked such good ones. <laughs> I heard all the of asked, so that, that that's was... right. <laughs> that's right. Thank you, Joan, so much. And thank you both. And thank you to the viewers who stayed with this and watched it and listened to it. I appreciate you. Please visit my website, joanprice.com. And, and listeners, because of your loyalty, our numbers continue to grow. And still, we need your support. Visit womenover70.com, join Aging Reimagined Circle, or make a donation. Let your voice be heard and help change the conversation about women aging and senior sex. Music